0: get ready for the greatest episode six in the history of episode six this
1: is discography discussion dude if you throw another six on there it's you know even more metal
0: that is dan hi is that Sam? was my same thought when we first started? Josh is back there somewhere. I, I it's it's a horrible camera angle, and I do apologize. Ego. So what's up, guys? Not too much. I'm posting to YouTube right now.
1: Or did, no, I'm sorry, I'm posting to Facebook. We're posting to YouTube. Did you enjoy your vacation, Josh?
2: I did. It was not long enough. They never are. I'd have fun.
0: Close. Now I'm back to doing the metal thing. What is the metal thing? Who are we talking about tonight? Corn. Oh man. K o r n. As as in like children of the corn. Uh yeah. As in like on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was that
2: that did that track with them? That was um. Yeah, I don't remember it offhand. I have to look that. Was an now. Ice Cube? Was it? It might have been Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah that was Ice Cube. cube. on yeah. Children of the corn. Mm-hmm. Cube. Yeah, I think it was.
0: Which was kind of cool. Who wants to <clears throat> tell me about corn in a summary?
2: Uh, uh,
1: are you ready? Yeah, corn. Um. First of all, we're going to get a lot of flack for this. Because, I was going to you know, say, the new metal yeah, is going to get thrown you know, our way, I we're a, we're a metal podcast, and we're talking about corn. So, you know, there goes all of our credibility. Credibility really, flushed. You know? um, here's the thing. I like corn. It's heavy. It's dark. Yeah, they're screaming, and it, it's it's metal to me. Um, whether you want to call it new metal or whatever you want to call it, you can call it whatever you want, because that's the beauty of, you know, the freedom of speech or whatever. So, you can call it what you want to call it. We're talking about
0: it. So, um before we get too deep into it, I'm going to say you know, thank you to everyone who is listening. Thank you to everyone who subscribes to the podcast. You can find Discography Discussion almost every way you can find podcasts. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an, any Amazon Echo product, you can tell it to listen to Discography Discussion. And very soon we will actually be on Stitcher as well. I've been working on that one. Who, Stitcher? You know, the the iTunes of Android for podcasts. And if you don't feel like taking, if you don't feel like remembering
1: everywhere we're at, we have a website now. We do? Uh, Yes, we do. It is called www.discussmetal.com.
0: Discussmetal.com. Yes. What are they going to find when they go there?
1: Well, right now it's only going to show them the main podcast page. So you can listen to all the episodes right there on the page if you want to do that. Um, the other you know, in the future, we will have a blog coming up on there, uh, and uh, some other plans for the future that we haven't unveiled quite yet.
0: And we are also on Twitter at Discuss Metal. So for all you Twitter fanatics, come talk to us. We'd like to talk to you. So we decided to go with corn this week.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, You know, kind of a weird, ballsy decision, I guess, but but I'm I'm comfortable with it. So there you go.
0: (laughs) So, what is corn as far as? Yep. When whenever you look at a band, the bigger the discography, the more you have to ask the question. You know, what have they contributed to music? Be it hard rock, be it metal. You know what? What is corn? Because the corn has been around, I think, since the early '90s. Yep, and you know it's 2017, and they're still going. Uh, they've had ups and downs, as many bands have, especially from this era. Mostly ups. Yeah, I would say most of their most
2: of their discography is going to be on the upside. Pretty solid. I mean, you have a downside, you know, maybe middle tail end, but I mean, they're the first. I would say one of the first group of bands from the 90s that were using Savage String guitars and a much detuned, lower, slower, heavy kind of sound than your traditional, you know, thrash metals, right? And, you know, regular metals of the 80s and 90s. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, you know, thrash metal was still heavy at the time, but corn was a different kind of heavy, a different breed of heavy. Yeah.
0: So what's your favorite corn album, Josh? Oh, Father
1: of the Leader, hands down. All right, Dan. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, issues. Really, that's with, my with, close yeah, second. With I... a si- with a side with a side note that
0: I think that Untouchables is a better album, but Issues is my favorite. Mm. You know, I, when whenever I think of Corn, any any band that I think of, even if it's not my favorite, I try to pick the album that is their definitive sound. With that in mind, Follow the Leader is my favorite because that to me is Corn. I'll look at you guys when you listen to Follow the Leader and you hear. The beginning of almost every single track. You know what album it is. You know what band it is. And how many bands can you say? You know, you're ready to go from one one song, one hit. The first five seconds of a song. You know, like bands like Faith No More. As soon as you hear that first song, that first chord of uh, epic, you know exactly what song is coming. Right. With Corn, you know you can be sitting anywhere doing anything and you hear this you know exactly what's about to happen yep and that to me is the definition of an impact when you have taken over the emotion of the next five minutes yep pretty
2: much well, I'm gonna be that guy who's going to compare everybody to Metallica because that's what I do. For me, this is Josh is
0: a professional Metallica <laughs> comparison.
2: This is gonna be this is gonna be corn. This is gonna be their version of the black album for me. This is gonna be the album that made the mainstream. They were all over radio, all over TV. Uh their tours were huge. This is where they were a household name of the new style of metal, I guess if you wanna say the new metal that people hate. They were the kind of the front runners. This is what the The start of that music sounding this album is what put all those bands on the map um you know limp biscuits corn what seven dust all those kind of bands that have that same kind of style they come from this album
0: i agree with I that think. so why do you say untouchables is the best album dan
1: uh, well, you you know, I think I'm going to save that for whenever we talk about Untouchables. Oh, you
2: don't want to spoil the surprise? Not at this exact just moment, Just for the no. record, I'll agree with Dan, that Issues is a, so close of a, a favorite, just, just a hair behind. I love Issues almost as much
0: as I do follow. So, what is the worst song on your favorite Korn album? Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Damn, that's That's tough. a tough um, one, isn't it? Um, I'll save that for the end of the conversation. Yeah. We'll say, way, to, way to throw a curveball. Because am right? Hey, I'm taking over. You know it.
2: It's right. my or mess not what your what your the worst. It's more of what's your least favorite. Well, it, <laughs> right. well t-
0: Today is March thirteenth, twenty seventeen, and corn today is Jonathan Davis, James Monkey Schaefer. Yep. Yep. Reginald Fieldy. <laughs> Arvizu. I forget how to say his last name, honestly. Just call him Fieldy. Yeah. And Brian Head Welch. And,
2: There's your core four there. And,
0: yeah. and, and Ray
2: Luzier on drums. Who's a great drummer, by the way. I'm glad that he stayed around with that. Yeah, he's cool. He, he is no mm. David
0: Silvera, but, you no, know. No, but he, I think he does just as good a job. He, he does his own thing. You know, it's like when Shannon Larkin first joined Godsmack. It wasn't the same go as Godsmack Sully again, man. What, what, I like Godsmack, It's a fair so. comparison. <laughs> All right. It, it, you know, when... We're losing them. When, Sha- when, <laughs> when Shannon showed up, you know, it was it wasn't the same, but it was good and I'm happy with it. And Josh talked about their newest album a few weeks ago being his album of the week. Good. And it is very much a return to form, but I'm going to lean on Dan because he wants to start at the beginning. Yep. And if we're going to start at the beginning, we've got to start with 1994 self-titled album Corn. Corn. Great album. God, it was a good album. So the first time I heard Korn,
1: I mean, I was pretty shocked by it. Um, it's different than, than anything I'd really heard at that point. And I was probably like a little baby almost when, <laughs> when I first heard it. Um, had it on a cassette tape. Still have the tape. Yep. And uh, this was just very heavy, um, especially for 94. Um, a lot of groove in the riffs. Um I remember, I remember Korn being described to me as a groove metal band at the time because, you know, I, everybody wants to call it new metal now, but really, back then, I don't remember anybody referring
2: to it as new metal. No, that's a term I think came along after, even, if, even Untouchables issues, I mean, in that.
1: Yeah, like it was every band that was coming out. Know, seven, that, eight years later. That said they were new metal, then like all the old school metal fans would get together and be all like, no, that's. That's new metal, you know, and I,
0: I remember just being like, okay, well, whatever, you know. I've always had a hard time with the new metal label because the more you start to define what is new metal, the less it applies to corn. So corn is I a agree. band that I agree. supposedly created this thing called new metal, or they were one of the bands that were in at the inception. But the more you tell me what new metal is, it becomes less corn. You know, what is new metal? It's uh it's hard rock and it's groovy and there's there's rapping and you know deep detuned guitars it's like well yes their guitars are detuned right but i mean the down tuning is still a metal influence it sure. always has you been.
1: know so it, to, to say that it's not metal is really kind of you know ignoring ignoring the fact you know um you know norwegian black metal doesn't sound like you know slayer And that's still considered metal. And Slayer's a huge influence on bands like that. Right. So, I mean, I don't think it's really valid to take something that's different, you know, just because you don't like things that are different.
2: I feel like the new metal definition is different to each person when you ask that person who's a music fan. There's no real solid definition you can come to when you say, what do you define new metal? It's going to change from person to person. I, 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 I I hate the term. It bothers
1: me because it's always a derogative,
2: you know. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's a knock as it's, it's you know. Yeah. It's not. It's musicians who can't, you know, who don't play well. That's why they detune. It's why they play slow. They're not, you know, musically good. The lyrics aren't good. And see, I'm not really
1: aware of anything that was out around '94 that really sounded like this. And and what you what you'd really be hearing here is just is groovy guitars. um a lot of people don't like the first Korn album because they say it sounds kind of dry and I could see that a little bit uh in that it's 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 much more um like riff focused I think than yeah. uh than previous ever than than later Korn albums uh that were a little bit more reliant on guitar
2: effects and things like that and which is I think which makes Korn sound like Korn more than some of those other bands it's not just drop your your guitar down on a 7 string as low as you can go and just hit chords they used all sorts of effects pedals that weren't really used Hardly at all, I think, by traditional metal guys. I mean, right. traditional metal bands. It's fuzz, your mid crunch, and whammy. That's it. Right. You know, you don't really maybe a chorus pedal or you know right. a something, delay, but yeah, you know, these like guys that. start using effects that you're like, what the hell? What the hell's is that?
1: <laughs> um, one of the things that stood out really, really to me as a vocalist was Jonathan Davis's performance on the first Corn rec- record. Um, I get a little bit of a hint of almost like a little bit of Pantera or Sepultura. Um, you know like soulfly kind of sound soul where soulfly yeah with the with the screaming and uh and really on this record Jonathan Davis probably was the best at screaming I think that he'd ever been which is kind of weird at the beginning um he did this kind of like weird like scatting type of vocal he, oh, th- I'm glad you
2: hit on that cuz yeah. that's somebody you never you never think of is doing I mean you don't hear that in metal or even music too much this scat I mean
1: No the only thing I could I can even think of where I've heard anything like it was uh was on Roots by Sepulterra, uh, which was, I know a big influence on Korn. Um, and you know, I I just think that that was a really unique approach. Um, he came across on this record as very sincere. Um, he had a lot of problems. He was mad at the world. Um, he hadn't been treated very well, hadn't lived a good life up to that point, you know? No, And, uh, I think that that was really, uh, that really shows in the songs, uh, some of the passion that you hear. Um, his actual clean, like melodic singing, really
2: wasn't that good on this one. No, he he got. I think you could tell he got better and was maybe coached a little better on you know later albums.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even on the next one, he's
0: not you know like a superstar yet. No, um, no, no, no. I'm sure somebody out there could you know just quote an example and prove me wrong off the top of their head. But this is the first album I think I ever heard in the hard rock metal area. That featured bagpipes Yep Shoots <laughs> and ladders Why? Yeah. Because our lead singer Plays the bagpipes So we stuck them How on a song How metal is that? Though? Yeah let's just <laughs> let's just Throw it out there He wears a kilt When he's playing Oh it, yeah. Know, yeah
2: He's 100% proud of it Yeah and who
1: and that's can cool. blame him Who that's can blame cool.
0: him yeah. And it, it became a signature Of the mm-hmm. band For a long time Even now If if you listen to corn, you're kind of waiting for the bagpipes to yep. come in. Right, yeah, when, when are you going to get that? And yeah. they, ha- they haven't been used very well in recent years, but this is one of those signature call-to-arms, You know, just like when you go see Metallica Joss and, and they start playing The Ecstasy of Gold. I'm waiting for corn to play and John Davis just to walk out on stage with the bagpipes and it'd be shoots sure. and ladders. He still does that, by the way. This album actually has a song on it called Daddy. That corn has. I knew we were gonna have to talk about. According yeah, to the story, I, they know. played once live and have never played it again. Yep,
1: <laughs> uh, it's a very emotional song. Uh, it deals with child abuse, um, sexual child abuse, and um, there's there's crying at the end of it. It's it's um, very intense, and you know I use the word weak a lot, and I remember there being a lot of criticism. Um, there was a lot of criticism towards corn from the metal community for that song because you know he's crying and they're like oh he's crying he's, he's whining and blah 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 blah. well first of all I guarantee those people have probably never been molested as a child um, so that's that's strike one. I mean and, and strike two I think it, it's not weak at all. I think it's um, it's passion and it's it, it's it's a real reflection of how he was feeling. At that time, I mean, to to have experienced something so devastating and actually have enough balls to actually talk about it in his band, you know, Um, I mean, at that point, you know, you're putting out a record that's that's, you know, going to go on to be one of the biggest records ever. And you're sharing that experience with the entire
2: world. So I don't think that's weak at all. I think that's balls, you know, very ballsy. How many many musicians will do that kind of thing, talk about their personal life rather than just making up about somebody else's life?
0: Right, or or just writing writing about somebody
1: else's life. Yeah, yeah, writing lyrics about Satan, you know, cop out. Sure, (laughs) uh, we're supposed to
0: do this. Right, yeah. I think it shows off that these guys were definitely a fan of the band Radiohead, because look at the quantity of songs with single-word titles. Oh You got Blind, you got Clown, you got Divine, you got Faggot, you got Predictable you know it goes on <laughs> yeah um, actually faggots is
1: one of those songs that maybe hasn't aged very well um, you just kind of have to look at it from the perspective of 1994 yeah know? like cuz i mean you know like if you're if you're in high school now and you know and i could be completely wrong about this i'm i'm a little far removed from that <laughs> we it's been a while for us <laughs> right but you know now if somebody says oh hey you're gay ho huh, ho, huh, huh, you're gay people are going to be like well what's wrong with that Whereas, you know, back in 1994, you know, in middle America, this was not, re- it was not an accepted thing. And I'm not saying that he's gay, but this song is really more about just the way he was treated, you know. And even even when I was in high school, you know, that term got thrown around so much. Oh, you're just such a faggot. You, you're you, a hey faggot. queer. Yeah, hey, you're, douche. Like, okay, yeah, like all right. the time. And constantly, you know, you're hearing these things every single day, multiple times. From people that are that are physically threatening you, and wow. um, and I feel like this song like just really captures captures that. It's it's actually kind of a hard song to listen to because because I remember it. You know, I don't have to hear a song about it; I lived it. You know, <laughs> like you know, um, you know, what you definitely get the theme
0: of the high school.
1: Oh yeah, you know, or middle school or grade school. I mean, right. I started getting called names like that as early as you know fifth grade.
2: Well, I don't think Korn was that far out of high school when they did this album. I mean, a lot of these songs were written before this album come out, so oh, yeah, I think I'm some certain, of the stuff was yeah. done in high school and after high school, so yeah, I mean, you can get where he gets the topic for a lot of this, uh, a lot of the material on this album being from high school, because they weren't out of high school very long. Right, and that's another criticism I hear all the time, that the lyrics are immature. Um, well, but look how old they are, though. Right. I mean, geez. What kind of
1: person were you when you were 17? You know? Yeah,
2: 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old, I mean. Yeah you know it's hard you to, don't come out as your first band and be, you know, completely polished at the beginning. Right. But
1: I mean I hear it I hear it is completely sincere and I uh I have a lot of respect for it and the music the music is is appropriate uh for those types of feelings and I think the band did a really good job of creating kind of a dark atmosphere. Um
2: and a little a little depressing, but uh but I think you know, that goes I think that goes hand in hand with the messages that he has on an album.
1: Right. And so I mean as a debut album, I mean musically musically it's it's heavy it's dark it's it's depressing um and it's it was a it was a new type of heaviness for the time
2: and then it goes into the depressing next album which for me is not as good as some of their other early works welcome to the b-sides
0: from the last album
2: (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah i mean you pretty much hit the nail on the head right there i mean this is essentially yeah the leftovers this is their reload
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know if
2: they i don't know if they um it's like they're, they they tried too hard. It's like they, they they get a deal. They have some studio time here. And yeah like they rushed it. Maybe. yeah, it's like, all right, well, we got some some stuff. Let's throw it down real quick and get it out there. Well, and the problem I had with
1: this record is that, again, you know cheesy. It's well, it was cheesy. it It hasn't aged well at no, all, not no. like the first album. The first album is kind of a time capsule. so yep. I mean it doesn't doesn't necessarily aged well, but it's it's still very listenable today life is peachy on the other hand is a album filled with a good amount of indistinguishable noise um and not like in a good grindcore kind of way or anything it's it's definitely more um like they were just goofing off a lot of the time they they just you know certain songs are just riff ideas they're not even they're not even
2: fully fledged songs it sounds like more like a jam session album than it does an actual right album and this was the very first record so I mean it's hard to believe
1: that this is the same band that put out the second record or in the first record because, well, lyrically, they just come off as douchebags.
2: Yeah, like kind of half we've made it, look at us.
1: Yeah, and like a lot of like tough guy lyrics, which yeah. I'm definitely which not is, a huge fan of. Well, well, you and know. it's
2: not them though, which is surprising because they're not... Those kind of guys. I mean, John Davis was always anti-bullying, always right. that guy who got picked on. So it's weird to hear him act like the aggressor as opposed to a victim.
1: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and that that sort of mentality shows up later on another album we're going to talk about. Um, it's just like a it's a party record through and through. It sounds like a jam. It's not. And it's weird because I remember kids in high school telling me, this is the best Korn record. Oh, yeah. And I would listen to it, and I would just be like, I don't hear yeah. it, man. I mean, it's it's okay. Like, I mean, if you're Adidas. okay. With,
2: yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah, there's like, yeah, one good song Maybe on the whole Maybe Lowrider thing. if you yeah. like that
0: kind of thing, but Adidas, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: there's a rad cover of Lowrider on yeah, here. I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: For a while, you know, I used to think, and I still do to a certain extent, you can put on the first record, and you can put on Life is Peachy, and kind of consume them as one Product, if you want to, and yeah, but it's like mixing poop with a chocolate cake. Well, I like chocolate. I, I, for years, I would listen to the first record, and you'd get to I think it's <laughs> Clown, yeah, where the beginning of that song is like a minute of them being in the studio arguing about how to start the song, right. and you hear them mention a word that didn't mean anything until Life Is Peachy, which is twist, twist, yeah, and then you you kind of get the feeling okay they had. Two albums worth of stuff, and they picked the best stuff for the first one. Mm -hmm, And then this was just, okay, this is everything else. Yep. But they were probably
1: playing a lot of the Peachy songs, you know, before they even had the first album out. Oh,
0: I'm sure either, you know, it was
2: probably one of those. They had 15, 16 tracks that they could have, you know, tried to whittle it down to one album. And it's like, well, we really like these ones. Record company picks it up. It's like, hey, let's just go ahead and release these as another album. Sure. Bam. Two years later, Life is Peachy.
1: Yeah, and I just I this one did not grab me at all. It made me actually kind of really turn me off from the band for a while.
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I didn't listen to this album very much. I still don't. It's one of the one of, the, I would say, one of their the early five or six albums that yeah, I listened to the least is definitely this album. I will mention that the screaming is pretty good on this one, but
1: beyond that, I you know, I I don't I don't get much redeeming quality out of it.
0: So coming but, up next is the world's introduction to corn for the people that weren't paying attention.
1: Basically, yeah, this is the corn you'd hear on the radio. This is the
2: corn everybody mainstream will know is this corn. Yep. Follow the leader. 1990, don't tell me. Eight. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, they were like in two-year intervals for a long time. Yeah. So,
1: this one has all the singles on it. You got Freak on a Leash, Got the Life.
2: Um, It's on... It's on. Yeah, it's on. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, th- this dead bodies everywhere, dead bodies yep. everywhere. Yeah,
2: BBK, Justin. I mean, children all of the in corn. the family, yeah, Children of the Corn. When
1: I, and the funny thing about this record, so if you have it in, if you have a physical copy of it and you put it in your CD player, you're not going to hear anything for, well, like three or four like minutes. Ten because, tracks
2: or something? Yeah, there's,
1: no, there's, there's uh, 12 tracks of Silence, and then the 13th track That's starts, right. it's on, it starts off the record. So
2: technically there's 25 songs on this. You know, which was <laughs>
1: which was really cool when I was and, like... 13, you know, like (laughs)
2: now, uh, Ted annoying.
1: Right. Yeah. Now it's a little, it's a little frustrating. And I don't have to deal with that because I listen to most of my music digitally. So, yeah, but, uh, so like when it's on kicks in, you're not hearing really the corn you heard on corn or on life is peachy. The, the, my immediate thought upon hearing that song was that this is something different, you know, and, um, you know, this was kind of "quote unquote" their sellout album, without actually being that at all. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, heavy guitar effects and harmony, and lots of harmony. A lot of harmony between um, head and monkey in these albums. All of a sudden, John Davis can sing. Oh yeah, a you huge know, the, difference.
2: I thought I think he ended up getting some. He had to have gotten some coaching. Yeah. Or something. Well, then they
1: were major. They were major yeah, I mean, at this so point. I'm sure this stuff was at his disposal. Right. So they, you know, I I just I love the I love the guitar effects. I love the vocal effects. Um, <clears throat> I like that the lyrics have kind of returned to a more personal level. Uh, for the most part, there are some really dumb songs on here, too, but uh, lyrically. But, uh, but
0: I mean, musically, I would say this one's pretty rock solid. Um, yeah, you mentioned Head and Monkey. Talk about one of the iconic guitar duos of oh, all time. Oh, especially. And I mean... You, you, you could argue th- when you listen to the records, uh, which one contributed more to the sound of corn or the quality of corn and i'm sure we will discuss that later oh yeah these two together you know it's them
2: and these guys were phenomenal at writing riffs together and playing off each other and i mean like i said yeah like we talked about the first album you can tell it's just kind of uh just some heavy riffs you know a little bit kind of like hip-hop beat kind of sounds here it's yeah it's like you've got like High-pitched sound here, cool effect there. They're harmonizing at the same time. It goes along with the lyric line. It goes along with the bass. And slap bassing, I don't know, that was a big thing for me in this album, too, that was supposed yeah. to the first two. Fieldy has some great slap bass sound on this. How many mainstream bands do you know where you can hear the bass player? Oh, gosh, yeah, especially you know? from
0: this era. Yeah. Also, David Silvera's best drumming. Yeah, yeah. His I grooves mean, are locked in. They're interesting they're different. Technical it, sounding is very technical. When when you think you are listening to a rock album all of a sudden you're listening to it's not tec- it's not exactly a samba beat but you get the point. Why? Because I can. I'm David Silvera. <laughs> and corn uh, being a mixture of those styles of those sounds those mostly seem to come from their community. You know, they were fo- they had a big focus around Oildale in California. So there's your hip-hop, there's your rock, there's your groove, there's your different. And it just all goes together. A lot of guests on this album. Yeah. You know, you got Ice Cube on Children of the Corn, you got Fred Durst on All in the Family, uh-huh. and one of the greatest hidden tracks of all time. Uh, Cheech. You got Cheech. <laughs> Cheech, is on there. Why? Yeah. Because Korn decided to play Earache My Eye. And yes. why not? Very, very why differently not? than it had ever
2: been heard before. <laughs> <laughs> I think musically in this album, I was just thinking about this. This is the kind of album you could headbang and bob your head and like get like a funky beat going. Like it it all comes together in this album. Like it's not just an album to where you're just headbanging all the time. You can there's smart where you can headbang. Like now, like what is this? Uh Reclaim My Place? This is BBK, BBK. I mean you can sit there and bob your head, like you know, it's a good beat to it. But yeah. there's other tracks in here where you're like, like got the life. Like you can headbang through that song if you really wanted to, and the beat is not. I don't know. It, it's so hard to explain. Like it's got a, just a good mix of metal sound, hip hop sound, effects. Great. other things I love John Davis doing scat. Like just the different sounds he makes with his voice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like the dissonance too. That's that's on this album a little bit more than than because life Life is Peachy had it too, but. Um, it wasn't very refined. Here, it's, it, it works with the songs. It's it's more of a controlled, chaotic sound. And, um, you know, I, I just... I think this one had a lot of atmosphere to it, uh, mostly because of the guitar effects. And, um, you know, like the vocals are spot on. Um, There's still a, a good mix of... What I like about this being a mainstream record is that the vocals, for the most part, are acceptable. But when they get really intense... Um, It's enough It's still It's still metal enough To Make your average listener A little uncomfortable You know (laughs) And uh, Just a hair And that's what I like Is uh, Yeah because it it gets pretty It gets pretty intense uh, (laughs) In places um, You know like Dead bodies everywhere And Mm. um,
0: Classic Yeah So Following What I believe to be The quintessential corn album you get the, this is 1999, Nine. yeah, 1999's follow-up, which is Issues. almost is
2: as good as, as follow. Let's see. I like it more. And it sounds different, too. It's not, you know, it's, it's. I would say it's a pretty big change musically than Follow the Leader. It sounds like the same band that put out Follow the Leader, but... It's a different vibe to me, for sure.
1: I just think this one was a little bit more focused. Um, There was a little too much, like, I feel like there was too much jarring transition in Follow the Leader. You know, because me being more of a metal fan than a rap fan or a pop fan, um, certain songs it was very hard for me just to get into. Like, as soon as I heard somebody rapping, I was almost out. You know, um, which is silly, I know, because it's, it's part of their style and it's kind of always been there. Um, however, I just, uh, you know, I didn't really like songs like All in the Family from a lyrical perspective. I thought they were just stupid, you know. Um, I mean, it's stupid fun, but... Yeah, that's it's, like uh, a song
2: that they're just messing around with the studio yeah, that made the CD. <laughs> right, and
1: again, it was a really cool song when I was 13, you yeah. know, but like now, um, as an adult, I listen to it. I'm like, this is just it's just ridiculous. You got to be in the mood for it. Yeah. Um issues on the other hand had a little bit more focus, they had a little less of that and um the songs seemed to flow together better.
2: I I would say a deeper, darker I don't know, deeper, darker sound, maybe feel to this one. A lot a little, more atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: This was the first time that Korn turned down the 90s and turned up a little bit more atmosphere. You know, there there was this time in music where reverb was a sin. Mm, Right. Yeah. And this was before the loudness wars that we got in the early to mid two thousands, where it just became how, how hard can you drive the dynamics of your, of your song? Right. And it was a nice change. It almost, it almost takes the foot off the gas just enough so that you're not sitting there feeling overwhelmed, but every single song that hits you still hits you. I mean, you've got Falling Away From Me, you've got Make Me Bad, you've got Somebody, Someone, No Way, Let's Get This Party Started. Trash. Trash. Am I going crazy? You know? Yeah. Let's Get This Party Started is yep. my favorite corn
1: song, actually. Um, and I, it fools you into thinking it's a nice song.
2: Not really. I was it's, gonna say still I would disagree with there, but it still sounds
1: like somebody's trying to get me in the I back of their say, van. Yeah.
2: I, I listen to this when I'm looking at the back and you know, looking over my shoulder, going, "Okay, is there someone behind me?" I feel like a spider's
1: <laughs> crawling on my shoulder exactly. through half these songs. Get a chill. Um, because they they are a little creepy, and um, and that's that's what I like about them. I mean, this album definitely takes me to a much darker emotional place, mm-hmm. even even more so than the self-titled, um, because these are more, like, I guess, because lyrically, you know, we're talking about more grown-up problems now. Yep uh you know, the first album was you know this is what it was like when i was a kid you know and then you, you go to issues and it's like hey guess what i'm growing up now but i have issues I still, I still you know? like problems. yeah um and this this album just really um to me john davis's singing couldn't be better um actually it could be on the next record but uh <laughs> but i didn't know that at the time so i i really i thought his singing was really good his screaming was a lot better um You know, there was a lot more, you know, vocal layering going on here Um, because I think I think there was more guitar layering and stuff in follow the leader. Um, And there is here, too. But I think I think the vocals definitely took a huge step up on issues um, to to be, you know, John Davis became more of a, dare I say, dynamic, more dynamic vocalist, Um, was able to handle a lot of different things uh, within each song. Whereas, you know, previously it was either, you know, okay, this is the song that I'm singing on, or this is the one I'm screaming on, you know? <laughs> exactly. Do I sing or scream?
0: Right. Later on in the career, there will be some experiments. There will be some changes that a lot of people want to blame directly on John Davis for being a lead singer and wanting to try something new. right At def- this time, something new was be a better singer, create a, a bigger soundscape with your voice and this may be the biggest the classic corn was I could I could see that yeah the first time i heard the next record untouchables all i could think was what are they doing the the tone of the guitars was different the drums didn't sound right it sounded like somebody took issues put it in a mastering program and just turn the reverb up to like 70, like way too much reverb. 7,000. And. Yeah. But they go up to 11. I, I, right. I, after two or three listens and mostly because of you, I started to listen to it differently. And I realized these might be some of the best songs Korn has written.
1: I like the crunch of this album. Yeah. This album's heavy, um, heavier than issues even. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Man, there's just so much going on. Um, it's like they took everything that they learned on Follow the Leader and Issues and actually threw a lot of it away and started over. <laughs> the songs are very different sounding than what, than what we're used to with Korn. Um, but this is not like a we've gone soft or we've gone pop. I think this record might have actually might have not done as well commercially as issues it, or it fall the leader did it, it oh i didn't i didn't it, really pay attention no to it, it wasn't
2: but. it was like they i think they pretty much peaked at those two albums and then when this stuff came out it sounded better or as good but commercial people were like uh okay this isn't for me yeah whereas like the true fans and the true diehard music people were like wow this is wow these guys actually sound really good in this album when you really listen to it yeah it's a it's it's more it's more the music on this one more so than the lyrics um, the lyrics are weird. It's almost like uh, like psychotic lyrics. Like, like Yeah, they I, are like, weird.
1: Yeah. Like and yeah. I mean, like, they're weird, too, in that John Davis does appear, again, to be the aggressor in places, which yeah. is a little weird. Um, I mean, the dude's got to weigh, like, what, 112 pounds soaking wet? If that. <laughs> so it's... it's you <laughs> 120 know, with it's his bagpipes. Interesting, yeah. Or, you know,
0: add another 15 for his, like, what, solid metal mic stand? This album yeah. actually introduced what we would come to jokingly call the john davis overtone <laughs> yeah there's a choir of john davis yep. in the background of every song hadn't yeah. heard that before and you'll, you'll this is all you'll ever hear again because it's almost every single song from here on out uh, it's in the new album uh, definitely a little bit yeah it's
2: just john being john
0: it's okay it's it's considered songwriting didn't it's you called know? having more studio time exactly sure
2: more money more studio time sure
1: um, this record's great though. Uh, it, cr- it definitely has a different vibe than issues had. And like, I actually, from a, from a technical span standpoint, this is the best Corn record. Why do you say that? Um, all of the songs are redeemable. This is one of the very first song, very first Corn albums where I wasn't skipping songs. Cause I mean, still, when I listen to Corn, there's might be three or four songs I leave off of every album. Uh, whereas I'm not that way with Untouchables. Untouchables, I listen to all of it because put it in, listen to all of it. Yeah,
0: um, from beginning to end. Sometimes two, three times. You, you, it, it's interesting how many of their albums at this time have that quality. Self-titled, Follow the Leader, and almost issues. Yeah, so almost. If there's just like three or two off issues, yeah. I don't listen to. That, you know, you put the whole album in and consume it, and this is. This might have been that time in music where bands were pressured to make good records. And Corn yep. had done several. Right. They're on top of their game here.
2: Well, sure. I mean, beforehand it was like if you could just get, you know, one, two singles, three singles off your album, if the rest of the album was shit, it didn't matter because you made your money off those three singles. Exactly. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. Now with you know, what is this? What year is this? Two thousand two? Two thousand? Two thousand. Two thousand two. So, I mean, downloading is a huge thing at this point, so people can pick and choose what songs they want right. to take or buy or however you want to do it. So, yeah, it's hard. It is hard for bands to have the, the wherewithal to put out an entire album because people aren't buying entire albums at this point anymore. Right. You just well, songs. So. and not
1: even then. I don't think in 2002 people were even buying songs. Probably not. Maybe uh, it, was it was mostly just illegal downloads at that time. Whatever song and, I can get instead of a whole album. And yeah. at that time, nothing was sacred. Nope. <laughs> Believe it or not, there was... Um, I mean, some of these albums. I remember, I remember hearing, um, I remember hearing versions of these songs, like versions that were probably never supposed to leave the studio, like demo versions
2: and stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, like you somebody know. took it home, doctored it through a uh, you know an MC program or something, and then you have a remix.
1: Yeah, a kid at school would burn a CD and be like, "Listen to this. This is the new Corn album." And then you'd listen to it and like, be like, "Well, it was cool, mm, but nope, it don't think so. Sounded real low quality." And you
2: know, it sounds it, like someone's basement. Oh. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's a guy standing next to the studio with a microphone, you know, with yeah, a little well, tape recorder. Yeah. Sounds good.
2: That's right. Right. It sounds like it's in
1: a bottle. It's like it's bottled up inside. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <I don't> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just, I mean, and Thoughtless deserves some mention. We're listening to that right now. And um, Thoughtless, it kind of goes back to the old corn lyrically. You know, it's about bullying, it's about being picked on. Um, stands out a little bit though on a record where he's you know has songs you know <laughs> <laughs> about beating other about, people's asses, yeah, yeah <laughs> about beating people up and some mixed you know, messages the, there. Yeah, so it's a little weird, but maybe he's talking about the people he was talking about in Falls, you know, or um, maybe himself. Who knows? Yeah, it,
2: himself for not standing up. Could have been. We'll never know. Yeah. Unless we can get him on. Yep.
1: Um, Alone, I break was a really different song on Untouchables. Korn had never done anything like that before um it's a it's a slow it's a slow re- kind of reflective song um it's the slow song you know and corn not really known for that not at up until this, this point yeah now. I mean I don't <laughs> wouldn't consider corn to be like in a you know low a right, was as band. slow yeah. as it got before here yeah like a fast <laughs> band yeah you rake my eye at the very end slow it down crazy Way slow down. yeah <laughs> but, oh the birth of hidden tracks but yeah, I mean this is this song alone I break. I mean, sounds almost like like a pop song almost like it's it's very different for Korn uh but it's still very them and they they really made it work here. Well, it would explain why it got radio play. Absolutely. What? Uh which is so I mean, so at this point Korn's at the top of their game.
2: Yeah, I mean they're they've peaked at this point. I mean, they're all over the place. They're doing sold-out stadium tours. Right. Um, They're probably all on drugs at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's be honest. That'll be important later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so they've peaked at this point in their career. They're they're not going to get any bigger than this. Would you say at this point that they were almost the biggest rock band in the world? Uh, Yeah, so what do we say this was, what, around 2000? So, yeah, I mean, I think if the bands are out at the time, I mean, Limp Bizkit was already on their way down by this point. Yeah, they didn't Um, didn't survive long. You know, bands like Rage weren't together anymore. Right. yeah, I mean the whole
0: the whole Metallica uh, was about to make very bad choices. Yeah, I mean, right. you know,
2: they were yeah, doing their own thing. I mean, you know, the whole quote-unquote new metal sound of all those bands. I mean, they they came out at the same time, you know, when Korn's first album came out and then by this point, yeah, they're already on the backside of their BMP. I mean, they're already on the downside of their career by now. I mean, Maybe uh, maybe bands like Deftones or something are still kind of around, but, right? Yeah, know.
1: Deftones is doing their
2: own thing. Yeah, I mean, you know. so yeah,
1: like Corn sure. like was, you know, they they were trying to do something different. Yeah,
2: um, I would I would I would agree. I would agree that they were probably the it factor in this time period, rock metal, whatever wise. Yeah. So for all intents
1: and purposes, when Take a Look in the Mirror came out in what 03, end yeah. of o three
2: I believe because so I remember less than it early.
1: so less than a year or less than two years. We get uh, Take a Look in the Mirror.
2: For me, this is an album that you don't listen to an entire... For me, this is like, you listen through the whole thing, and you're like, wow, there's like three songs or four songs I like, but don't
1: love. As far as I'm concerned, this is another Life is Peachy.
2: Yeah, it's a step back if you want... I mean, if that makes sense, like it's... It is. Um, it doesn't sound very good produced. Lyrics sound lyrics like douchebags. We- yeah, this sounds yeah. a little weird, not corn the music the it's not heavy and crunchy like some of the stuff. stuff there's not as many harmonies with between the two of them the yeah. guitar effects are weird sounding it's just yeah it's i don't know it sounds like a rushed yeah it just sounds unpolished an unpolished album
1: yeah like it got rushed out and it had yeah. a whole bunch of like it was almost like uh <laughs> almost like you know i always use this as a comparison but star wars attack of the clones it's kind of like that in that they tried to make it because that that movie they tried to make it look as Star Warsy as possible, but it still really wasn't. It, it missed everything about it. It missed the mark, and I feel it's the same thing with this. They they really tried to make it sound as corn as possible, while kind of missing I think what the actual true heart of corn was. Um, you know, because I mean, on a purely uh, superficial level, sure, it sounds like a mix of everything they've done
2: before. Yeah. You know.
1: Uh, which would probably was a great tagline that was probably printed on a sticker or something on the album cover but uh, check out
2: the greatest hits <laughs> yeah
1: and it really um i mean there are a few really good songs on on this big uh, one take of them looking to me. In there. yeah did yeah. my time did is my one time of them did my time is good uh there's Y'all want actually a, single? <laughs> a there's actually a, there's actually a cover of um metallica's one at the end of of my which copy which
2: is
0: pretty good that is from the MTV pretty good. icon pretty
1: yeah, the icon as well yeah, yeah
2: yep. I mean, again, another band. It's just on there, too. It's so film. funny yeah. at the end, yeah. It's like we're running out of songs to put on here, so let's just do a cover. Right. I could see this being an album as a kid who has issues or follow. I mean, even Untouchables, and it's like, this is my corn. Like, this is the corn I love. And then getting this album and going, well, it says corn on the front, well, and it's the guys on the back, yeah. but it doesn't sound like corn. I mean, it definitely does sound
1: like them, but it doesn't sound... Good for the most part. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's at best, it sounds very derivative of their other material, but not in a good
0: way. Well, it's like leftovers here. Y- you yeah. compared this record to Life is Peachy. Imagine you're that guy that liked Life is Peachy. <laughs> so then you should have, so like, you've yes, been asking for the next Life is Peachy all these <laughs> here years. here you
1: go. All right. So, Corn apparently caters to all of their fans, no matter how lame they are.
0: Well, not for much longer, but nope. So
1: this record comes out and something major happens. What happens? Brian Head Welch converts to Christianity and exits the band. In like, that order. At,
2: at least half of that is not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm a power tool. I me and I'm, I'm you know, yeah. I give him props for, you know, at a time in his life where he needed to step away and and, and have a, a higher purpose in his life, and good for him. Unfortunately, as us, as selfish
0: music fans, we <laughs> paid the price. <laughs> yes, uh, yes we did. I I, mean, I, uh, I remember him, it was mentioned, never heard directly from his lips, but it was mentioned that he just he didn't appreciate the, when they did a cover of Word Up that Head and Monkey's his had, head was had been put on, on a dog. dogs yeah. in a strip club, and he yeah. didn't appreciate that. Yeah. that. That's not why you leave. Well, I now, don't think
1: that's why
2: he left the band. That I, was just the uh, the icing on the cake though. I think he was already on his way out by that Well, point. he
1: was he left the band because he was addicted to drugs and it was messing up his life they and were
2: all,
0: he all did, in a pretty and, bad place. Right.
1: And you know, they were not feeding on each other in a good way.
0: And he expressed a serious disdain for the direction the band was going as far as songwriting is. Well, concerned. who could yeah. blame
2: them? I mean, geez, look at the stuff that they were doing from right. the I mean, album he to mentioned, this one. Well,
1: yeah, he mentioned in his book that like they had, that the label was bringing in actual like songwriters.
2: That's a game. Who who does song? I don't. know. Whatever. I mean, I'm against that kind of stuff for rock bands, metal bands. I mean, that's fine if you're a vocalist, you know, a pop star or something, and all you do is sing. Well, that's fine. But right. When you start doing that for rock bands and just no, well, just and
1: that's that's what head up. that's pretty much what head was saying. Yeah, is I that, mean, you, you gotta know, this be is, done at that point. This
0: is not this is not my corn. You know, like I remember buying this album. <laughs> well, what was so bad about the follow-up? See you on the other side. Um, I assure you, this question is rhetorical. There's a, there's a lot. I
2: <laughs> I bought this album, listened to the whole thing. There were two songs that I got into and the rest of it was just You can tell the I, I God I even, Dan, you can take this. Trying to I go even, pop. I, yeah, I just yeah. This the def- band the band was for some reason trying to not sound okay with being poppy.
1: basically the biggest rock band in the world. I mean Metallica was bigger. Yeah. But everybody was pissed off at Metallica at this time period. Um they had just released St. Anger and, you know, like nobody wanted to have anything to do with them you know like and so i remember hearing the song twisted transistor on the radio i like that song on my way to the store to I, buy the record
2: i like that and coming undone and that's it ended up buying from enslavement
1: to obliteration by napalm death instead <laughs> this 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 offended me as a metal fan mm-hmm. beyond you know mm-hmm. like it's offensive enough that i
0: listen to new metal right so many years but, later uh, a punk band by the name of Fall Out Boy will hang out with a pop producer and create great, timeless music. Back in 2005, however... That doesn't happen. Korn, hanging out with a hip-hop producer, does not produce the same results. This I, is
1: just not... I don't know, it's just not good. It doesn't flow well. I
2: still I still
0: I like this song. Even I mean, even I good
1: like pop music is still good. You know what I mean? This is not even good pop music.
2: I think it's the guitar stuff for me just sounds weak. Oh, it's completely weak. weak. Half
1: the guitarists yeah, are missing. I, mean, you know? sounds,
2: <laughs> it's, I still I still like this song. It's, I like coming and done. But the rest of it, yeah, it's just it's a weak album. You can tell there's people missing. You can tell that the lyrics aren't necessarily from John's heart. Oh God, The bass no. you don't hear very much at all. It's not that that fieldy slap bass that you love that you right. know, keeps everything together. The drumming's not great. Um, it's, I don't know, I noticed listening to it, definitely in headphones, the guitars, they turn them way up and everything else doesn't sound, it doesn't sound mixed well. Yeah. I just, wow, there's just, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to say about this album. that's not very great. Yeah, I just, it's not good.
1: It's, you can tell that a principal songwriter's gone. Yep you know 100% and
0: this is the first of what many would consider John Davis's creative explorations that ruined their corn cuz <laughs> he is blamed for this I can't blame him for I'm not going to blame that. him though
2: no. I mean you got to tr- you know you got to try and do what you got to do and try what you want I mean
1: I can appreciate the fact that they continued to still do it even though it may have been a good time to hang it up
0: you know um I mean I can blame John Davis for a lot of things. The score to the film Queen of the Damned being oh, the first thing that comes to mind. We're not going to discuss that, are we? <laughs> uh, the next Corn record, no, which is untitled. Though. Oh, it was amazing. Nah. The songs he wrote, not like the whole soundtrack. Yeah, okay. I give you that. They you
1: basically know. sounded like New Corn songs. Yeah,
0: I'm... you know. You know, I, I, I'll take a little detour here because I'm a sucker for MTV Unplugged. Corn <laughs> does an Unplugged in 2007 prior to their next album. And it's not what you're expecting. They perform with this orchestra of weird musicians. People with ma- animal wearing masks Wearing weird on. animal yeah. masks. And I believe it was either Korn went on tour with this orchestra or they went on tour with Korn and John Davis would perform with them before the show. He was trying to do a lot more solo stuff. And you know, he did like a DJ thing called J-Devil, which is a great name. He it, stole that
2: name it's from me. It's almost like he thought, well, corn's probably on the way down, so I better get <laughs> right. my name
0: out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bounced my last rent check yeah, this month, so I better we better need to get, get something get, going. Yeah, we need to get something else going on Those here. Those mansions
0: aren't going to pay so for them. themselves. Right. So, <laughs> su- surprising me and you, Dan, because I brought this album home and told you we need to listen to it. We listened to the whole thing. And we listened to the whole thing, and it was good. And that's 2007, Untitled. It was decent. By Korn. It was decent.
2: My, it was,
0: it was kind of weird. You watched a DVD and, you know, John had written some songs on his own. You know, it, the, lyrics the lyrics are kind of... how
1: he's angry at Head for leaving the band. Uh, yeah, you were the one that caught that. <laughs> well, he said it on the DVD, like every other song. This song's wasn't about this the one that Head came like, with the
2: DVD and the, al- the yeah. album? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, really, there's like maybe two songs on that record I like. I like Evolution because that's catchy but it's still catchy and more of a pop way um so I'm not like you know totally sold on it um but I mean that was the big single off of this record and then there was another one called Killing which I like if only because there's like a 30 second death
0: metal ish part in it do you know why I love this record? Uh. Terry Bozio Terry Bozio yeah. for all of you drummers mm. who know who that name is let's just say the drum set was the biggest thing in the studio yeah. those
1: days See, and what I'm noticing though on on this record and even the next one is that it just seems to be a lack of creativity. Um, the corn sound is essentially gone. Yeah, it's the too only simple. the only thing that's recognizable is John Davis's voice. Yeah, y- you definitely you
0: know? get the sense that the group is hanging out in the studio just trying to make some new music, rather than making new music and then recording it. Right. Like this was like an obligation album. Like, all right, we got we got. Another
2: album we have to do on our contract. So yeah, let's, let's get it over uh, with. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll see what we can do.
1: <laughs>
0: Should have put a recipe for chipped beef on there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: awesome. Yeah.
0: Good reference. Yeah. So is this or the follow up to this, which is corn three, remember who you are. Is this the second era of corn? No. Or, not to me it's not. No, this is no. the
1: era, this is the era that I think most people are going to uh stop at Untouchables. And they're going to skip directly to the paradigm shift.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the next album. It's going to be sim- like.
1: seamless, True. you know. Yeah, and even that one wasn't great, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's the right direction. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what we'll preview um, that way. So I want to I want to take a little side note here. No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so the whole time you're like, "Where's corn? Where have they gone? They're lost. They're gone. I don't know. I don't know what happened to the span that I like, and I don't. I don't know what's what the deal is." Where did that old corn song corn sound go? Well, head head started doing his own music. Do I
2: need to pull this up? I would. It's worth noting. I mean
1: they released the, he released his very first song mm-hmm. and it was it was with a video. It was called Flush <laughs> I remember that video and I remember thinking, where's corn? Where did corn go? And then I hear the first ten seconds of, of flush. And I was like, oh, there it is there's corn it's still right there. he even sings like John Davis on the song you know oh, hanging out the guy long yeah. enough well, and had it said multiple times John Davis is his favorite rock singer who just happens to be in a band with him, you know um but I mean you if you hear all the stuff going on in the background like he's um his lyrics were a little dumb, but you know, no. I mean he's still, you know He's
2: not a songwriter.
1: From a guitar perspective, he's you know, he's great. You know. And you can hear you can hear all I I hear these songs and I just wonder what these would have sounded like on the next corn album. Yeah. Had they been able to stay together. Yep. And uh I mean it's all there. The atmosphere, the guitar effects, it's it's all there. He um, definitely
2: didn't need monkey like monkey needed. Head. No, not at all. <clears throat> And it's no disrespect to Monkey because I loved his writing with Head, but yeah, he needed he needed him. His creativity comes from you know for the two of them going back and forth, where his head can obviously do this on his own, right? So,
1: um, and I mean, I wasn't like the biggest fan of this album, but um, it's just it's 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 interesting in the sense that you, you literally wonder was head the heart and soul of the band because musically, when i because when i yeah because when i listen to this i'm like yeah i can hear it musically sure and you know you wonder like is monkey you know is he as great of guitarist as we've given him credit for all these I, years i
2: think he is but i think at that point in corn with them i yeah i, I think with with that direction that they were going, in, it was almost like just showing, like it was heartless. Mm-hmm. I don't think his heart and soul was into it. I think they were showing up, and it was a paycheck at that point for them. Like it's for sure, you know. Obviously, his and I'm, I'm I would like to imagine that they were, you know, great friends. You know, a brother mentality. So, oh yeah, when you have a member of your family leave like that, like hey, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm sure a part of him goes with him, you know. So there's just not that motivation. There's just not that heart and soul there to write. The greatest thing you can think of at the time. So, sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I, I like to think monkeys as good a guitarist as I gave him credit for. Yeah. But
0: well, they hired their touring drummer Ray Luzier at this time, and we get Corn Three. Remember who you are. Yeah, which is really <laughs> weird because this record
1: still doesn't sound like Corn. Like yeah. You know, and this <laughs> one's actually kind of all right on its own. If I'd maybe had heard it as a debut album from another band, I might think it was okay. Um, but the but guitar, for guitar, The not. guitar is weak.
0: It's very weak. It's definitely in the vein of, I mentioned uh, the second Life is Peachy. Uh, it's definitely in the vein of Life is Peachy, because Korn's guitar tone, historically, was a little bit thinner. Yeah. And really, the only complaint I could throw at this one, just definitive complaint, John Davis. It sounds like John Davis from See you on the Other Side went back and tried to re-record vocals on the first Corn record.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it does sound kind of like that, except that the music on the first corner record was way better good. than this. Uh, definitely. This is, this is very drivel to me. Uh, the guitars are weak. You really can't even hear them that well. And what bothers me about all of it is it's fine if that's not the point of your record. If the point of your record is not to be heavy, I can't complain about your record not being heavy because it's yeah. not what you were trying to do. However, I get the impression that they're listening to this, and they're thinking... This is just as heavy as the old stuff.
2: Oh, we're back, guys. We're back.
1: Yeah, yeah we got this. We don't need head. We yeah, don't need we any got of that this. stuff. Moving we're, on. Yeah, we're you know best of luck.
2: And I, I don't think at this point. I, I mean, do you think that they're they were upset at him doing what he needed to do? I mean, I don't, I don't think John Davis ever really hated him for leaving. I mean, you can't hold it against him. Certainly, well, he might my, have been upset that he left, but I mean, I think ultimately he can't hold it against him. Well, I read, I did read his book, uh,
1: Head's book, Save Me for Myself and he talks a lot about the the band break up and stuff and he's like he thought that you know Basically, the band thought that you know he was just going to write this book and he was just going to trash the band and say all this stuff or whatever. And when you read that book, like he, it comes across like it's being written by a, a fan of Corn. You know, like yeah. like like that they're his favorite band and that he, he loves everybody that's in that band so much. And you know that these were the reasons why he couldn't continue. And and you know that it, it had it was more of a him problem and not as much of a them problem.
2: Oh, the and, old classic, it's me, not you. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it was very. But it's sincere. it's Yeah, it was very sincere and. Um, you know, he never had any ill will against them, which is why um, they maybe got back together. Well, maybe. not quite.
2: Maybe, maybe they get back together. I don't no, know. Not Stay tuned.
1: So I would say that this album, Corn, remember who you are. Uh, it's not really even passable for Corn. It's it's I, it's just kind of like all right. If you heard it from another band, you might think it was okay, but it's really not. It's not going to rock your socks, you know. I'm still going to be the same Dan after listening to that (laughs) that I am now.
2: It's yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 an album. It's It's something that exists. It's a little less anth than what comes next. uh, So I
2: don't want to be the first one to bring up the next album. I'm just going to (laughs) pass. Straight pass. I'm ready to go. Can we please, guys? There's not a whole lot to say about the next album. Corn. The
1: Path of Totality.
0: Skipped it. Yeah, it's it's not good. Dan calls me and says, "So we're going to do corn in the next episode." I say, "That's great." I listen to all the corn. I get to Path of Totality and I move on. Do you know why? It has an unmentionable on it, and I do not listen to the unmentionable. I won't even say its name. It's
1: basically a dubstep <laughs> album featuring John Davis from Corn and a yeah. That's, I mean, again, it's a thing that exists. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why it has Korn's name on it. Money. Um, if that's your I thing, just...
0: <clears throat> you probably only listen to that and you don't care about any of the other records. Yeah. I mean, it's really. And I have a big middle finger for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm not a fan of dubstep, you know, and I don't, mm, so I couldn't no. tell you, I couldn't tell you if it's good dubstep or not. Um, uh, And I really just, I honestly, I don't care. Uh, so yeah, that's an album that exists And so, you can check it out if you feel like hurting yourself
0: 2013
2: Hold on, I got. I just look at it, Joe's got notes And I just see Joe's notes for this album was F this album <laughs> nice. I, was like, I was like, I had to bring it up So that gives you the feeling of Nice show notes, Joe one. I yeah. like that What I can I it. say? Love
0: it Alright, moving on to an album that I would have listened to it, except for it, It's unmentionable Y'all want an album? F, F that. that It makes <laughs> my pp smaller yeah, Alright, uh, so now we move on to some so, good stuff. You want to tell the story about the reconciliation, Dan? Sure. Because we, you know, had the reconciliation. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah,
1: there's a whole documentary about this.
0: It's good, actually. Um,
1: so my version might differ from that, but go with my version, because I'm always right. <laughs>
0: uh, so, Dan,
1: 2017. Right. Awkward. Right. So, okay, 2013. Brian Head Welch had stopped doing solo music, and he joined a band, or he started a band called Love and Death, which also still sounded like corn for the most part, <laughs> and... Uh, and that's all great. Kicked my microphone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's all well and great. Love and Death is a cool band. You should check them out. Listen to their music. If you like Korn, you'll like Love and Death. There's, just, I mean, you just you just will. So uh, here's the thing about this. Love and Death starts playing a whole lot of shows. Basically end up playing. You know, it was inevitable. And, and eventually they end up playing at the same place that Korn's playing.
2: <laughs> which makes yeah. sense yeah it's completely inevitable okay yeah. like, hey, let's just throw makes, one a bill
1: together makes so much sense so then there's this idea hatched that like well hey Maybe Head might want to get up on the stage and play one song with us. Just one, Head. Just, <laughs> just one. Just one, yeah. That's how it yeah. starts. Just it's one. It's a big come deal, on, and he's, he's real nervous about it, and he's like, I don't know, guys. I'm you know I I'm doing my own thing now. This is different, and blah, 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 blah. And the band's more or less just like, come on.
2: Come on. It's just know. get on stage. Come on. on. We're not asking you to have a beer. Yeah, just yeah, get up yeah, here right. and just play.
1: Yeah, come on. It's fine. You know? So yeah, so he comes he comes out on stage. He plays blind with him, and he and within like one second, he's completely into it. I mean, just like you know, headbanging, you know, perfect rhythm, rhythmic headbanging with monkey, and it's just it's crazy. Um, John Davis is freaking out, like he can't even believe what's happening is happening. You know, my band, yeah, it's just this, yeah, my band my is band back. back, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, and that was cool. It was like a one time thing, and it was no big deal, and you know, it was cool. Everybody was happy. Blah 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 blah. And then what was it like? Six months later, head if even rejoins Corn yeah. and uh, and they're writing a new album.
2: <laughs> Yay!
1: Yeah, and uh, the album that we got was called uh, uh, the Paradigm Shift, and which
2: I like. It's not. It's um, well, I guess compared to the previous two or three albums, it's definitely a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So I liked this a lot initially because, again, and hey, it sounds like corn. Like to me, that to me corn, that corn. to me that's a that's a requirement. If you're going to put the word corn on the front of the album, then the band is supposed to sound like corn. Uh, and this record actually is the first one in a long time that's actually done that.
2: I know it starts out and you go, "Wow, head is back." You can definitely hear that Head and Monkey are back together writing music. You can you
1: can definitely hear it. You hear um, fieldy. You can hear the. Ah, uh, it just sounds good. I mean, I think this one's a little weaker than the older material. Oh, it but, is, but. Uh,
2: I think definitely, I think for the I think it was when i when I first got this album, just how much excitement I had knowing these guys were back together yeah. writing music. It didn't have to be anything great for me to be excited about this album because they were clean, they were healthy, and they were just here really just to do music again. I think at this point yeah. in their lives, it was all right, we've already been successful, we've made our money, we'll get we we'll cut through all the bullshit, and let's just make music just to have fun with it and i i i I like this album. Just for that sole fact that they just sound like they're having fun again doing it, yeah, doing what they wanted to do originally, and
1: it sounds pretty smooth, you know. And um, the heaviness is back; it's not as quite as heavy as it could be, but it's still heavy. Um, I would say it's I would say it's a little bit more on the uh, see you on the other side side of heaviness, but. Um but you know what, that was the last album that Head was on with them, so it kinda makes a makes little bit of sense that it follows off. along.
0: Oh no, see you on the other side, Head was long gone before. I'm that sorry,
1: I'm sorry, I meant to say take a look take in the mirror. mirror. Yeah, my bad. Uh but yeah, so I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense that that's what it sounds like. Um, this was a great record. It was a good comeback
2: for them. Um, I think Corn started getting a lot more notoriety again. Yeah, uh, with this, they were doing small venues again at this point, and it was great to see that they were just happy playing. Like, like, together again. It's I like mean, a redo. Yeah, still a redo. Yeah, like reset. We're gonna start over, and like, let's yeah, try you can this hear it. again. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And now but, it comes to the new album. Uh, I love it The Serenity
0: of Suffering Love it Ladies and gentlemen Good album Your and my corn Is back yeah. This album Very much Reminds me Of what would happen If you took Issues and Untouchables Threw it in a blender And then stuck Just a Teeny bit Of follow the leader On it Yeah Yeah Alright Yeah I'll buy
2: that I like it It's a good comparison Um you got we're, the we're, atmosphere.
1: We're back to heavy. You yes, got the heavy, you know, heavy crunch. You got yeah. the
2: groove. Yep, yep. You can hear Fieldy pretty good. The drums are phenomenal. Yep. John sounds really good. The lyrics are pretty tight. And yeah. when was the
0: last time you heard John Davis throw down a scat? Mm, yeah, it's been a while. Been a, quite some time. Yeah. If he
1: did it on the Path of Totality, I, I wouldn't know.
2: <laughs>
1: exactly. So is John Davis on that album? Yes, all all, all over it like a
2: disease. Uh <laughs> but, it's just a good album. Uh, wow. As I said, it's it's a return it's a return to the uh to the original sound. Uh there's unconventional song structures in this album too. Uh the songs don't always go in the direction you think they're gonna go in. No, I but I think they fits the it serves the song well from start to finish. For sure. It is a weird flow, I will agree with that. It is from song to song, it's a little uh not what you would think, but not expected.
1: Yeah, I mean I think this band. I mean I think this band is a band that I'll continue to listen to as long as it continues to sound like this.
2: Yeah, if they are there together yeah. and then this is a sound, yeah, then yeah.
1: Yeah. Um you know, there's a guest vocal of, of from with Corey Taylor from Stone Sour is on here and Awesome. Um, who's just, actually gonna be just, in Saint Louis soon. Just good yeah, just good to just good to hear him on a corn song we yep. haven't before and um, It's yeah, exciting. This this record just really um it carries on from start to finish. It doesn't go on too long. Um, it's it's definitely got that classic corn sound to it. If any album should have been called "Remember Who You Are," this it is should it. have been it. Yeah. Should have
0: been this one. Yeah. Subtitle for this should have been "Remember Who We Are." Yep. Remember Who We
2: Are. Yeah, that's funny. It's um, just exciting. I don't know. I seen them last summer. Um, I want. It was either right after, or right before this album. Right. They when this single came out, they were in St. Louis. Yeah. And I've seen them multiple times before here and this is the first time in a long time that they just look like guys who were there to play music. It wasn't about the money, it wasn't about fame, notoriety. They were there just to play music yep. and have a damn good time. And Jonathan Davis sounds like a guy who is tickled to have his band back together. I have not seen that guy be that excited in a show and that genuinely yeah. happy to have his 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 crew back. Yeah. It's it was cool. I look forward to seeing him here. I'm going to be seeing him here in May.
0: Cool. Look forward to that show. I'll be honest, I listened to this album. Every album I listened to this week after Untouchables, uh, when I got through it, I would go to this album just to kind of bring my spirit yep. back up. Yep. It's, yeah. It's like, oh, I just listened to Take a Look in the Mirror. Refresher. Well, that wasn't bad. I'm gonna listen to uh, it. Yeah. Okay. I listened to Paradigm Shift. All right, I'm gonna go back and listen to Serenity. Yeah. Um I know it's not typical, but I I like this sort of thing. Corn. Has done some very interesting covers over time. They did "Wicked," yeah, and "Low Rider" on uh, the "Life Is Peachy. Peachy" album. We snuck in that really weird and trippy version of "Erase My Eye." I love that. That's one of my favorites. Uh, they pulled a greatest hits on us and put out a greatest hits album with a cover of Pink Floyd's "Another Brick in the Wall." Oh yeah, that was done pretty well. Yeah, they that did a good job with that. It's different. Sounds like but porn. that's what I
2: like about cover songs. I don't want a band who's gonna play a cover song like the original note for note. Take it, and make it your own. Right. You know, do your own cover like what it you know what it's done for you. I like the greatest the hits about. album because it actually eliminates
1: all the stuff I didn't like <laughs> on Life Is Peachy. <laughs> it just gives me like the one song that <laughs> I like off of it.
2: Like. Yeah. Uh, that's that's so funny. <laughs> I I don't want to crap on that album, but yeah, it's they it's were so they were featured on a. Uh Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack uh, mix album. Well, yeah, what talk about talking about movie soundtracks? Well, that's not a thing anymore. Well, this At is. Least I don't this is let's let's re-
0: let's get a band to record every piece of the score. And corn, what do they get? Kidnap the Sandy Claus. Yep. Yeah. You know what? It sounds like a corn song.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does actually. It's, and it's weird the time this was recorded because it wasn't really the you know <laughs> was it my corn. No. You know? It's so. Uh, um, but yeah, this is—it's interesting that it that it retains that corn sound better than the what they were actually putting on the album.
2: Uh, that just gives you an idea where they
0: were at at the time. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Not my
0: corn. Not my corn. That's Hashtag. Right. Yeah. Final thoughts on corn. I know I don't plan on them going anywhere, but nope. What do you got to say? Uh, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot, and um,
2: you know, my metal credibility is now gone. But you know.
0: I, I think I've, that's bullshit. I've, yeah,
1: yeah. I've always liked. Come on, Korn you and, can't
2: you can't look at a, a bands like these and be like, well, you're not a real metal band. There was a time Corn was bands. your favorite heavy band.
1: <clears throat> yeah, there was. Yeah. And There's and, nothing
2: wrong with that. I mean, they were a kick ass band. They still are. Well, a yeah, kick-ass Joe. Band. When I was
1: 15, you know. But yeah. I, um,
0: <laughs> it, yeah, you know what Josh's favorite band was when he was 15? Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Josh's favorite band today is? Metallica. <laughs> Metallica.
2: They'll be my favorite even after they're dead. Right. You know,
0: Korn was here. Corn disappeared. Corn, in my opinion, is back. So, whatever else they've got to give us, I'm ready for it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm down. I know. It looks forward to it. That's
2: going to be good stuff in the future. So
1: let's not shy away. What's our least favorite song on our favorite corn album?
2: All right, Josh, you first. (laughs) Um, Children of the Corn for me is probably the least favorite. I don't hate it. It's not like a song, don't get me wrong, I don't dislike it. I listen to it, but I guess out of all of them, I like that one the least.
0: I know I said that Follow the Leader is my favorite, but I don't want to just throw two songs of of the same album under the bus. Boo. So I'm (laughs) going to grab the self-titled for a minute and say that for me, worst song on here, Helmet in the Bush. Really? Yeah.
2: I mean I don't, all right. I like it. Yeah, I mean I don't. does I say? It's a classic it's like, corn song, <laughs> Joe. It's not like we dislike these songs. so Don't get us. No, no, I, mean, I know, it's, man. It's you know, it's like here pick your 15 favorite songs and then tell me what your 15th one is.
0: Right. Right. I mean so it's Dan, I know your your yours is untouchable, so No, is mine it? is issues. issues. Yeah, oh. Dan's issues album. I'm jumping in between Untouchables. It's
1: beat it up right, but uh, so <laughs> I think you uh, just it on issues. issues you don't have to answer the question. <laughs> on issues is uh, <laughs> pulling away from me. No, um, you know it's uh, it's Hey Daddy.
2: <clears throat> okay, it's yeah. kind of a stupid little yeah. song that's thrown in there. Yeah.
1: Everything else is so atmospheric, in that one because my <laughs> favorites stupid. from yeah. your
0: favorite albums. I, then you know what? Yeah. I'm in a good mood. Josh, favorite corn song? Uh got the life. Dan. Let's get this party started. Falling away from me. I'm I lying. Was, it's make me bad. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, my,
1: I'm glad I didn't say that. That's that's just actually because That's my, just because of when he played it with The Cure. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, that was amazing, and oh that my. is a
0: reason to watch them do their Unplugged.
1: Very true.
2: All, All right. Make me bad's a Josh, second. album of the week. Oh, let's go with, and the theme of corn. listen to Corn's new album.
1: Damn. Good stuff. Uh, the Marriage of Heaven and Hell by A Plea for Purging. We're back on that? Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to them more after we did the podcast
0: than before. Okay. Ah, well, hey. I'm going to sneak into my recent activity because the name is escaping me at the moment. You don't know what you been But I'm going to throw later. out The Righteous and the Butterfly by Mushroom Head. Oh Mushroom Head. Maybe we'll have to talk about them sometime. Maybe it's a premonition. And on that note, this has been episode 6 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week.